Right. Let me get... I feel like I need to get into the zone. Energy is low. You, know? you haven't you haven't been getting into the zone before now? I'm ready now. Now I'm fucking riled but, up. <laughs> we've had like fucking 30 minutes of trying to rile you up. Oh, Stop man. unriling 30 minutes. 30 minutes of listening <laughs> to you talk is not 30 minutes of stimulating content. Yeah, it's not, man. Then we should stop this podcast right now, then. <laughs> it's meandering movies, listening to Gary, Ryan, and Gavin. It's all about films, but goes off course. Will there be arguments? Of course, because everyone knows their lives are dull and they have nothing else to talk about. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Meandering Movie Podcast, where we like to talk about movies, Alicia Silverstone, and why Gavin is so damn red. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, we wanted to talk about something that's everyone's got their own one. Everyone, even people that say, I don't watch movies, I'm not a movie person. A PP or a Vajiji? We don't have time to talk about why that's not true. Carry on. <laughs> every, every single person, even if you're not a movie person, um, I think can probably relate to this topic. We're going to talk about the films that we loved growing up. Um, and these aren't necessarily the films that when you were four years old, you watched on repeat. I mean, it might be if that's kind of etched into your adulthood. But when I was writing my list there, I kind of realized these are films that I think I loved when I was a kid that have kind of stayed the test of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, I suppose uh, during this uh, time of reflection and social, um, you're so obsessed with talking about coronavirus. You can I'm just, you know, I'm just using it as a, a jumping-off point for our topic, Spring which is you can sit at home. <laughs> Trust me, I'm thinking about it every day. You can sit at home, you can put on the telly, and you can go into your favourite streaming service and search for those movies that you love to watch as a wee boy or a wee girl, and just think, oh. These are still wholesomely wonderful. Yeah, because I, I had one film on my list, and I, I've gotten rid of it, because I just think it's probably not... I mean, maybe I'll still talk about it, but it's one film that in there that has not stayed the test of time. It's, and I, we've definitely talked about it on the podcast before. It's fucking abysmal. The Human Centipede 2. No, I loved that no, one that, as a boy. That holds up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who wants to go first? Are we going to just bounce through, like, one each? Are we going to just do a... I mean, we should probably tell everyone who we are oh, I always forget it's even worse now that we're people know now online. come on we're on like season halfway through season 2 if you don't know by now <laughs> we are not anywhere close to being halfway through season well two. just in case I am your mid presenter energy's going <laughs> <laughs> we I'm are halfway through season 2 and best boy Gary Copeland uh, I am today I am Xavier Red Gavin Stewart Ryan good <laughs> And you're listening to us on the Meandering Movie Podcast, which you should know by now. Welcome. Um, yeah, so, I mean, do you want me to kickstart this off? Go for it. Yes. I think, so, yeah, top of my list. This is my favorite film. It's, it's and it, it, like, this topic as well came about because Disney Plus has obviously launched, and it's launched at a time where everyone is kind of stuck indoors or has a way more time. So, Disney Plus launched. And, and just for context, we are we are not sponsored currently by Disney Plus, but if Disney Plus would like to hit us up and get sponsored... He's a show. We love you. That's meanderingmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We love you, Mickey Mouse. Um, but yeah, I, I went through the list, and I think one of the first things I've watched, um, and it's just one of these things, I've got the Blu-ray. I've bought this film in so many different kind of, like incarnations, but it's Beauty and the Beast, which... Well, okay. Oh, man, I fucking love it. It's a great movie. I like. I watched it as a kid. Why are you making that face? Well, come on. Go on, then. I'm not making any go on, face. No, you go on. Shit on it. No, I'm not going to shit on it. It's, you, you, this is your time. Go. It's pretty good. It's fucking great. Um, it's I, I watched it a bunch as a kid. This is this is I think the Disney film that I I it was between that and Hercules. Um, and I think Beauty and, and the you Beast. So wrong. How did I choose so wrong? Hercules is miles better than Beauty and the Beast. Man, Beauty and the Beast fucking is incredible. I only saw Hercules, Hercules for the first time last year. Hercules is great. Hercules is a great movie, but it doesn't like they missed out. They don't have a villain song. James Woods doing a villain song as Hades would have been would have rocketed that film into fucking perfection. That is true. 
You do point. get Danny DeVito singing, so you want to be, so you want to be a hero, kid, which is great. But <laughs> he also scratches his butt at one point. He does also scratch his butt. Lol. But no, Beauty and the Beast. It's a heartfelt tale. It's got a fucking great villain song with Gaston. Um, like can't that go wrong with that. Song. Be our guest might be my all-time favorite Disney song. I think like the lyrics, just the general vibe of that song is incredible. It looks stunning. The the dance scene with the one of, you know one of the really early uses of CGI, which does still hold up today, yeah. with the chandelier and the spinning camera. Like it's just fucking great, and it's a heartfelt, beloved movie of mine that I love. Yeah, it makes me laugh, makes me cry. How can, many times would you say you've watched? Beauty I and have Beast? watched Beauty and the Beast so many. Beauty and the Beast, I think I watch once a year now, but before it was kind of like every couple of months. Is, is there like a specific time of year you watch it, or is it just it's? I can I want to watch it, so I'm going to watch it. No, just pretty much when I want to watch it. Like and now that now that Disney Plus is out, it's it's even better. I've just got it on demand, so for, like my viewing spike might go up. <laughs> It's going to go to two times a year. <laughs> so you don't have to make effort to watch it anymore. It's just so easy. Yeah, just it's just go. there. But yeah, I, I just think it's great. It's, and I, yeah, I, I think that's what I mean. Like, I've got a couple of Disney films on this list. I was trying to avoid it because I thought, you know, yeah, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to blow Disney's big trumpet. Um, and we spoke about uh-huh. another one there already, Hercules, which is another fucking stunner. Um, but both of these films, and you probably correct me if I'm wrong, Gavin, these were coming around during the kind of Disney renaissance of the 90s, weren't they? Yeah. So Because uh, Disney had kind of... Sure it's not earlier? They'd had... Huh? Sure it's not earlier? Well, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. No, Beauty and the Beast was 91, I'm sure. I just, I think with Disney is something I always get shocked how early they are. Like yesterday, Sean and I were talking about the Jungle Book, and I was like, "Ah, who knows when that came out? It's like 1967 or something." Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's that's what I mean. Like Disney cornered the animated market, right? So 60s through to like 70s, 80s. Then Beauty and the Beast was 1991. There you go. Eight. And Hercules was 94, 95. Might be later, 96. Hercules. Oh, so many fucking 97. Oh, 97. I was way not way off, but close. But no, like Disney cornered the market. They had a fucking boom with their animated films, and they they Snow White. You're right, Jungle Book, um, Song of the South. Everyone's favorite. All paid for was Nazi <laughs> Gold, <laughs> Dumbo, Dumbo, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. They all kind of came out, and they were great. And then there was that the, the dip where the animators uh, went on strike. Was that what it was? Or there was like a loss of cash, and that's why Robin Hood is made from mostly recycled assets yeah like a lot of the stuff is you can just see it uh, like seen from the jungle book or then reused in uh, Robin, Robin Hood, Hood just kind of re- recolored and rotoscoped over um, and then they started to come up again but they were they were still putting out the content that was popular in the 60s 50s whatever it is and then the the, the the renaissance that they had in the kind of late 80s to early 90s is when they realized oh shit the, the kids are the kids that we were making for in the 50s aren't the kids we're making for films now and they like revamped. they all died during the war <laughs> well yeah and like they, they kind of completely revamped their style and then we got these you know what what are probably defined as some of the all-time disney classics aladdin yeah. little mermaid beauty and the beast um i mean people love hercules as well and the rest of them i think Hercules is one that just kind of gets forgotten about and overlooked, which I guess is fair. It I, I really agree it gets s- overlooked, it, but it's it's because it doesn't follow the kind of standard Disney format, you know? Like, there is no villain song. Yeah. Um, like, there's a few different things that happen in Hercules. Like, I was, th- I was watching it the other day. Well, I was thinking about it the other day. The other thing with it, like, Hercules, the the love story, like, there's no, there's no sad moment where you're going to have a cry. Not really, like... Because when Meg almost dies, you're like, she's not dead. She's the fucking love interest. If there was a secondary love interest somewhere in the film, maybe. But you're not going to kill off your actual love interest now. And then they don't. So (laughs) there's no real heart gut punch. uh, Baby Hercules is one of the cutest things ever. And uh, Zeus is just a... He's a snack. Zeus is great. You got Pain and Panic, one of them voiced by Bobcat Goldthwaite. (laughs) Yes. Hercules is great. Hercules is fucking phenomenally good, actually. Um, it might be the reason I get Disney Plus is just to go back and watch Hercules. Do it, seven-day free trail, man. Seven All I've watched trail. on Disney Plus so far is Moana, which I loved. I never Moana's seen great. Uh, but I also Moana, watched... make way, make way. I've just watched the intro to X Men Two a lot, where Nightcrawler like kills everyone in the White House, and that's it. 
First, I, I, I saw you watch. Weirdly, I've also watched all three of the X Men films since getting Disney Plus. <laughs> no, I didn't watch any Cute. anything else apart from the Nightcrawler scene in the X Men two. I gotta Why? say, like we talked about X Men a while ago, and X Men one does not hold up as much nope. as I thought it did. <laughs> it does not. No at way. All. It takes itself so fucking seriously. It's unreal. It's so bad. Um, but then two and three are better than one, I'd say. Three's a bit like loses touch a bit. Nah, Gav, trust hold me. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Trust three me, is man. more three. exciting as a superhero film. Yeah. One is not a great X Men movie. Sure. One is not a great movie. One, full stop. One X Men one is a movie where it's like it it's just kinda like it's still learning how to do it all. It's kind of laying out some of the groundwork. X Men two's it's not as fun as I remember it being when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Fuck that movie's slow at times. X Men Three, even as a, a young person, that movie is a fucking dumpster fire rolling down a hill towards a school. It's trash. It's not that it bad. Fucking, it's not, man. It's god awful trash. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not really good. It's not it's not good. Maybe the best of the three. No, you're you're you used to have lost your minds. When was la- Gav, When was the last time you watched it? X Men Three was on TV like some point last year, and I watched them. Yeah, but, but yeah, but did you watch, did you watch all three of them after the first two? Yeah, no, I don't watch it because the first one is so slow. Man, you need to, if you I mean, rewatch yeah. them one to three. I promise you, you'll go holy shit! Like because I'm with you, three is not great. It's <laughs> but bad. Neither are the other two. <laughs> like, yeah, those films so have not held the test of time whatsoever. I mean, Brian Singer was what busy doing other stuff <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I guess the really depressing thing is is the two men who directed those three movies uh, are both sexual predators. So mm. yeah, yeah, and if you watch the films, you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit in X Men Three is when Rogue is saying, "Oh shit, is there a cure? Are they serious?" And Storm goes, "Look, you don't need a cure because there's nothing wrong with us." And Watching that scene now, it's like, Storm, you can make clouds and lightning and have full control over your abilities. Rogue kills people when she touches them. No wonder she wants a fucking cure. (laughs) Let's also not forget uh, what happens to a frog when it gets struck by lightning. Same thing happens to everything else. It's oh such my gosh. a bad really? I didn't line. See that coming. Such a bad line. I was actually thinking about that, that, that line. Yeah. That feels like a line that somebody wrote into the script and then left the other half of it blank. Like, I'll come back to that. Yeah. Then they got to the day of filming and they went, Halle Berry, just improvise. <laughs> she, she went, oh, f- <laughs> It's like they were playing that uh, Jackbox game and it was just like, hey, fill in the rest of this answer. And the guy who filled it was just like, he had, he's like, fuck, I've only got six seconds left. I just have to it's, write this fucking answer in. As much as they're really brain. bad, they were nearly on my list of films that I enjoyed when I was younger. I mean, I, I'm uh, with you. Like That's why I rewatched them recently, because I thought those films uh, are great. And it, on rewatch is the only reason they've been bumped. Perfectly, this perfectly transitions into what one of my films are on my list. Come. And that is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh, it's great. Okay. Fair. Because... It's, it's kind of in the same ilk as the X-Men movies. It yeah. came out when there wasn't really uh, a blueprint out there. Marvel hadn't or hadn't started their yeah. big universe yet. And Spider-Man 2 was the creme de la creme <laughs> of the superhero <laughs> movies at the time. It really I was mean, at the time. The only Absolutely. thing I had to stand up against was Spider-Man 1 and X-Men 1. Yeah. Uh, so had, it, wait, had a Fantastic 2, Four been out yet? Uh, don't... <laughs> Doesn't matter. Even if it had, Gary. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> does not matter. Right. I, I clicked on Fantastic Four Silver Surfer. This was before Disney Plus. It was a while back. And you know the scene at the party where they're all dancing and uh, yes. Reed Richards like stretches out, grabs yes. two women and stretches them into himself? It's <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> it's, it's atrocious. so bad to watch. Yeah, that film was awful. I mean, Back when Chris yeah, Evans wasn't a good superhero. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but any actor who plays Johnny Storm then just gets to go on to play a much better character. In Marvel, in yeah, Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Right, anyway. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. What did you like about Spider-Man 2? Uh, yeah, Spider-Man 2 was a movie I watched a ton as a kid. Yeah. Watched, saw, saw it in the cinema. I mean, I saw like one and two and three in the cinema. But I remember two just fucking, I was captivated by it. Two is like good. The, the doc... The Doc Ock story, uh, the stuff with Spider-Man, kind of like losing his powers and not want to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, the obviously, I love Sam Raimi. Uh, used to are not big Sam Raimi fans, I but like I just Sam kind Raimi. of I, like, I don't I mean like Sam Raimi. I don't like his Spider-Man films. 
I don't like Ryan, Spider-Man. You and I sat in the pub one day and you just destroyed <laughs> Sam Raimi in front of me. You just went in on the man. It's like Tobey Maguire as well is not helping those films. <laughs> yeah. He's not. I mean, much like X-Men, like if you go back and watch Spider-Man 2, I'm sure it's not the same joy that it used to be when I was a kid but I had that DVD and I would watch it a lot yeah. and I would take my wee toys and I would fucking play Spider-Man I'd play the fucking Spider-Man 2 PS2 game Spider-Man 2 PS2 you... game was fucking amazing yeah it was it good. was like even after I'd 100% that game I would still just load it up and just swing around the city that was the one was that, to beat up. That, was that the one that with the gas like you couldn't still go to the city floor no, that was the one where like the entire city was yeah, open to you. With the you Bruce Campbell go. doing the info bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck me. Great one. Um, and as so I've always said, and I will continue to say, it is the only Spider Man of the original trilogy that still holds up. Yes. One holds up. One, one does not hold up. up. The green, the green goblin the ruins sin- one. I'm sorry. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He doesn't. We've been having this argument one. since episode five of the podcast, and now we're episode sixty something, seventy something. And have you watched I it again? S- no, because you, exactly. you've sc- because you've scared me out of doing it. <laughs> I'm good. scared to go back and ruin what uh, I think is a, a good movie. It's a shame because I remembered it fondly, and then I rewatched it one, two, and three, and one is awful now. It's what is just people three. people making noises. So many people went, and the extras are so weird in one. Watch, just watch, watch <laughs> the film, but don't watch the character. Just watch the extras, and they do the most ridiculous things. You also to be get fair that at this point, uh, scene where Spider-Man carries Mary Jane, but they obviously they were filmed on different days, so it's just her hair's going the wrong way. On, yeah, Kirsten yeah. Dunst <laughs> holding on to a, a mannequin in a Spider-Man suit, <laughs> and her hair's like they're going like swinging to the right, but her hair's like flowing to the left. Yeah, it's, it's bad. bad. It is bad. But Spider-Man 2 was phenomenal. And you're right, Gav, like the, the Doc Ock stuff in that film, because I think that's the thing that Spider-Man 2 does well, the villain. And like, that's where most superhero films, the best ones do well, is when they, they make the villain almost relatable. And I've definitely said that before. Like, you know, that's why I think I love Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Although he's Kingpin's a dick, when you find out why he's doing everything he's doing, you're like, you kind of go, shit, like I feel bad and he's a villain, but... I can't really fault him for that. And Doc Connor yeah, in like, Spider-Man 2 is... Uh, not Doc Connor. Octo- Otto Octavius is... Doc Ock. Doc Ock is... Uh, yeah, like, he's he's trying to do something for the greater good. He just loses his way. Also, know? like, the introduction to that character is he is a nice, kind of... Just this lovely guy invites Peter over to his house, him and his wife, yeah. to have dinner. Like you can see them like a friendship forming between them and everything. I think it was a big and inspiration for the Spider Man game as well. Yeah. The the most recent one that came from the Zomniac yeah, games. Yeah. But it's just like I mean, I'm also scared to go back and watch Spider Man two, let alone Spider Man One. But I remember I have fond memories of watching the shit of Spider Man two. Yeah. And just but then Spider Man three is the same as X-Men 3. No, it's not. Even, it's when I was, not. even when I was young, I, I knew that Spider-Man 3 was bad. Yeah, I think Just like I knew did. X-Men 3 was bad. Yeah. It's, I think I Spider-Man 3, the reason it failed so massively, I think this is it, right? Spider-Man, I think, I assume that the majority of our intros to Spider-Man was the 90s Fox Kids TV show. Oh, so good. Yeah. I've, got to re- right? I've rewatched that recently. On Disney Plus. Spider-Man. Radioactive Spider-Man. Um, but you watch that and you get the Venom storyline and at the end of that you go fuck man Venom's awesome and like what it did to Peter Parker was so cool it made his powers better but he was angry and then they brought out Spider-Man 3 and it was oh they're doing the Venom story I can't wait to see it and all we got was emo Tobey Maguire and a fucking Topher Grace skinny as fuck Venom that is in the Venom suit for what like 30 minutes no not even 30 10 minutes maybe 8 minutes maximum it's, it was such it, yeah. a fucking royal disappointment. I think Spider-Man 3 was the thing that happens to a lot of those kind of big franchises, which Spider-Man 2 did extremely well at the box yeah. office. It was a great critical success. And so Sam Raimi came back to do his third. And then the studio was like, hey, you successfully did a movie last time. So now we should step in and take the reins and fuck with your storyline. And so they were like, you have to put Venom in. We want Sandman. Uh, 
Sam Raimi already had his story Why to bring back. Why on earth did we fucking get Sandman? That does just bad shit to me. I mean, they. I feel if they'd just done the Sandman storyline and focused on that and the kind of tragedy of his storyline, it would have been kind of Spider-Man 2-esque in which was like, there's a redemption yep. for this character somehow and he can be good. But instead, they throw Venom in, they throw in fucking uh, whatever the new Green Goblin guy was called. I can't remember. His Hobgoblin. It wasn't Hobgoblin. He was called something. It wasn't Hobgoblin. Nah. Was it? Hobgoblin had not Harry Osborn as well. It's the, no, it's I know. I know it wasn't in the comics. I know they fucked it, but I thought it was Hobgoblin in Spider-Man Three. Nah, he had like a just, different name. Like it was something. Was it the Neo Goblin? He, he had a fucking snowboard. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he have a snowboard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that movie was trash. But yeah, Spider-Man Two was one of mine as a kid. I watched a lot. Go on then, Ryan. Your first. Favorite my first, movie. first film and the film that I've seen more than probably any film in the world ever is The Goonies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's oh. still one of my favorite films to this day. I watch it maybe twice a year. I love Me it so and Gavin, it's some bad news for you, though, man. Uh, a while back, we went through what The Goonies would be doing today. And oh, it's not good. <laughs> I think I think what three of the Goonies survived and the rest of them all died in horror. No, I think I think one of them <laughs> survived. Data blew up in some accident due to fucking around with. He put batteries in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> They've all got yeah, like PTSD like, as well because they were yeah, technically kidnapped. Um, Chuck doesn't speak Willie. to them anymore because he's sick of just not getting listened to. There's also a scene in the Goonies. <laughs> Do you know when they come out in the beach at the end and the cops are like? Oh, what happened? And then uh, yeah. Chunk's like the octopus, the octopus, and everyone's like, oh, "Are you lying, Chunk?" But apparently, there is. There's. Uh, they just took the scene out, but there is I've an octopus in the an in the water yeah, when yeah. they all jump in the water. A giant octopus attacks them, and uh, uh, sloth fights it. There you go. <laughs> Fun fact. There you go. I didn't know that. No, you know you did. Uh, I. I think it was two years ago, either last year or the year before, because uh, Audio Boy is a precious uh, wee lad and has never seen any movie ever. Uh, I showed him the Goonies, naturally, and literally the that movie starts, and I just start smiling from ear to ear. And it's a movie that when I watch it, I never stop smiling throughout because it's yeah. just a fucking joy like all those characters together like the chemistry between all those kids they feel like a genuine group of friends and that's that's because they, Spielberg told them you know when we're filming these scenes just like they let he let them interact as much as he could with each other and he told them when you're filming these scenes if you want to start cutting across lines and shit just do it like I don't want you to be worried about sticking to the scripts word for word yeah it's like just he, act naturally yeah he, would, he wanted them to you and your pals interact and and it comes across really well um i think anyway um i gotta say i'm gonna not rain on this parade but just a little drizzle on this parade we all have oh, well no no but I, we, we all have the nostalgia glasses with the goonies right and as i got no nope. i got no what not do you mean me. no well not philip and I'm, philip did you enjoy it yeah no <laughs> My point exactly <laughs> that uh, yeah, that, like, this was my point that, that well, we have the nostalgia glasses, and I I love that film as well. But I do think that a lot of people who watch that film that didn't grow up with it struggle to watch it. Like it's really it's really slow. But that's because they're shite. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super slow, and as a film in general, it doesn't. It's not amazing. Like because yeah. it is really slow for a start and like it's really slow and very little actually happens you know yeah yeah um and it's i it's, mean it's kind of like totally doesn't always know what's going on like it's sometimes quite horror toned sometimes quite it's obviously an adventure the whole way through but like there's a bit there's like a dead body in the freezer and chunk gets like stuck in the freezer with this dead body and then meets this he freaks su- out super strong deformed man and like yeah. yeah no one really knows where the story came I mean, the from go- the Goonies came around at a time, and it had been a time for a while, which is kids' movies were there to scare the shit out of kids. <laughs> like when you go, you, when you go back and watch the old movies that were kind of toted as kids' movies, there's some freaky, messed up shit, and yeah. like, and a lot of them. Like, you look at Indiana Jones; it's supposed to be like a fun adventure flick that like anyone can watch, including kids. But the ending to Indiana Jones, when the fucking guy's face melts off, which one? That is nightmare fuel for a kid. Someone melts. <laughs> someone actually melts in every Indiana Jones film. That was why I was all three. Someone melts. 
do this. All the bodies melt in Indiana Jones, yeah. The guy melts <laughs> in the open arc of the Covenants. Off. Oh, no, wait. The guy in the second one doesn't melt. He gets eaten by crocodiles because he falls off the bridge. And then the guy in the third one drinks from the wrong cup, like the wrong oh, uh, shit, yeah. grail, just, and then he melts as well. chose poorly. Technically, he doesn't melt. He just ages and then, like, disintegrates. He melts. Well, I, wouldn't, like, I, would, I wouldn't class it as melting. Interestingly enough, though, that brings me on to my next couple of films. If you're done chatting, Gav, or Ryan, yeah, you want to say anything more? Yeah, I'm good to go. No, no, I just love um, those movies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double mean, barrel these two because they both fit into what you were just saying, Gav, that the films back that were kids' films were actually horrible. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Not I'm horrible gonna, in terms of quality, just horrible in terms of fucking up a kid's head. Pretty much. And and the first one is more at the beginning, and then the end of it's not quite as bad. But uh, Jurassic Park... Shit, yeah. So, oh, so, so the, like, saw- the, most of Jurassic Park is a pretty standard adventure, good for kids. T-Rex is scary, they get chased, yada, 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 yada. The Velociraptor bit's a bit kind of creepy, but it's all pretty toned down right but the opening sequence to jurassic park when they've got the velociraptor or the t-rex in the cage yeah. so fucking intense that and then scary. that guy gets grabbed and he's pulled in and he's like just holding Shoot on for, yeah and he's like holding on for dear life, screaming. it's fucking horrible like i had nightmares about that scene as a kid um i'm pretty sure like it, so i could never figure out like i'm pretty sure my mom would just start the film post that scene like, she, that. and it makes sense like you, the scene doesn't need to be there and i'm yeah. pretty sure she just started sort of like five minutes in without that scene and it wasn't until i was like a bit older i was watching i was like what the fuck has this scene always been here <laughs> yeah. she's like ryan just go into the kitchen i've set out some cookies and milk she's like fast forward, fast forward, forward, forward through this. Yeah, when i used to live in wisconsin as a child <laughs> what you can't have cookies and milk who's, who's feeding Every their kid, kid loves cookies. cookies and milk Clearly not your mum tell to sort herself out. That's shocking. I'd love some cookies and milk. Um, but yeah, Jurassic Park was, was as a kid, like, dinosaurs, had a big, fat, old, friendly man who reminded me of my granddad. You had kids you running around. You had Jeff Goldblum, which as a young Gary, young boy, I didn't realise might have been one of my very earliest sexual awakenings. You know, <laughs> everything, everything is in that movie. And it's fucking amazing. And it holds up. I mean, this is one of the films that really does hold up today. You yeah, can you can watch that, that movie and it... The chase scene I when mean, like, uh, they pick up Jeff Goldblum from the car yeah, and, and he's got a broken leg and the T-Rex comes out of the trees. That is still one of the best, best scenes ever in anything. It's so exciting. When it's, it's even even the gag that comes into it when they look in the rearview mirror and it says objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Yeah. Like it's, it's such an unnecessary moment to laugh in what's quite a tense scene but it just works because it's Jurassic Park. Like It's done so fucking well. And uh, like the Jurassic water... Park. Like the T Rex is coming and the water moving. Like, oh, that's so classic! What a All those scene. scenes. It's so good. It it leads perfectly into what uh, two of my movies were going to be uh, from when I was a kid, which is Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park: The Lost World. The Lost Jurassic World Park, is wait, so Jurassic, good. Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park Two. Yeah, like I watched those <laughs> movies. Me, my brother, and my cousin would watch those movies back to back all the time until the point my grand and my granddad were like please turn these fucking <laughs> movies off like Jurassic I remember Park when Jurassic 2 Park with theme, uh, Vince Vaughn right yes, yes. Vince Vaughn's it. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird cast <laughs> and it's also but like Jurassic Park 2 is actually just like it's like three films it's like a ep- it's like a TV show of three episodes because like, you get yeah. the first bit which is them going to the island and then there's like the T-Rex bit and the truck falls over the hill and then there's the bit of like the Velociraptors like yeah. that's the kind Don't of main go into focus. the long grass. Yeah, and then there's the whole bit in the city as well at the end. Like it's just, it, it, Jurassic, I think Lost World can sort of end when they leave the island. I'm quite happy for it to end. Then I always feel like the city yeah. bit at the end. I'm like, I don't care about this. <laughs> the, like it would not take the authorities um, that long to shoot a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> the stories behind the scenes of making Jurassic Park and uh, the. Jurassic Park Lost World are interesting ones because when it comes to Jurassic Park Steven Spielberg was working on tandem on Schindler's List and Jurassic Park mm. and he, all he cared about obviously was making Schindler's List and he always kind of lamented having to go back uh, do I need to pause? Carry on <laughs> Okay just, uh, uh, So yeah Steven Spielberg always lamented having to go back to like work on pre-production why the hell would he lament it probably like Park. a fucking day off man imagine being on Schindler's list all day every day he's like holy shit I can't wait I mean, to go back to those dinosaurs where I don't want to kill myself for him it was just like 
he obviously the the kind of personal and cultural importance of Schindler's List. He was just like, I want to focus on this, and Jurassic Park just felt like a distraction. Yeah. So what like about hearing the, him what talk about, the about cultural Jurassic importance of Jurassic Park? He completely misunderstood that. <laughs> I mean, you know, the way we look at velociraptors is the same we look at ourselves sometimes internally, and the beasts that we are. Shut up, Gavin. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, but yeah, he like when you listen to Steven Spielberg talk about Jurassic Park now, he doesn't really remember that experience that yeah. fondly because of the weird back and forth. And then when it comes to Lost World Jurassic Park, it's the only sequel that Spielberg has ever done. Yeah, and he, they went into it with barely a script it was just being like chopped and thrown around all the time they didn't really know what they're going to do and they started without a proper script and then the whole stuff in the city no one really wanted to do but the studio <laughs> was like we want this to happen we yeah. need to have dinosaurs in the city and yeah I think everyone kind of agrees it's like it does it. not need to happen it. it's 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 mad that you say that about the first one. I didn't know any of that. When it's it, it's really mad to me because there's so much. There's such a level of a level of attention to detail in the first Jurassic Park that you don't realize. Um, and what I mean by that, like three three examples. The first one being that. Uh, once the power goes out, I can't remember who says it, but one of them says, oh, the ice cream's going to melt in the freezers. Oh, they're eating ice cream, and he's like, why are you doing that? He's like, well, it's going to melt anyway, so we need to get through it. Yeah. And the reason the Velociraptor slips at the end, which saves the kids, is because it slips on frozen ice cream. That is true. Yeah, the water coming out of the yeah, freezer. It's not a huge thing, but it's all there. Um, the second one, when... Uh, Hammond says like oh we're spared no expense for this park and you eventually find out that he's actually fucking cutting corners left right and centre um, when, yeah, <laughs> when you first see the, the DNA for the dinosaurs all the dinosaurs are spelt wrong Stegosaurus has an A Tyrannosaurus is missing an R um, so it's like all these little bits of detail that are just dotted throughout the film to show you that like everything's not what it looks like you know and, and the fact that the fucking security guy is getting underpaid just in the first place so the only reason he fucking acts out bigger what's his name newman um yeah look, he's just getting underpaid in the first place clever girl man. testament to how much of a fucking <laughs> so, yeah girl. it's it's just the Sammy film has got so much in that film detail well. Sam Jackson is in that film. Hold on to your butt. Smoking. The the thing when it comes to Jurassic Park is, and this was inevitably going to happen because I knew I was I knew I was going to bring this film up. I don't know you were going to bring it up Gary. Is Jurassic Park stands the test of time as one of my top ten favorite films of all time. Hmm. Like I adore that movie from from front to back. I probably watched this movie more than any other movie as a kid. Yeah. Me yeah, and my yeah. me and my brother, my cousin, we're obsessed with it, and. It's, it's like it's so perfect yeah. in every single I can't think of any which is probably the nostalgia glasses 100% but I can't think of any flaws to that movie like the first time Sam Neill and Laura Dern see the Brachiosaurus it's a and scene and the music kicks the, in yeah it's so the good. music funny welves up they do or like the scene, hurts. like <laughs> it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a stimulating stuff but like when they're all sitting in the car for the very first time just getting driven around and like they see a goat it's like what's going to happen to the goat yeah. and it's just and then they just can drive on and, and then it's got the scariest hell scene with the Dilophosaurus as well and Dennis Nedry when he gets yes. Yes. so it's scary like, it's great and it's in the car Ah, oh, it's so good <laughs> And it's just shaking about. And then Samuel L. Jackson just cigarette hanging at his mouth the entire time, just, Hold on just your not giving raging, two fucks. Raging. He's so angry. That he man, smokes that so many cigarettes. It's got some Richard good, Attenborough. It's got some real like good the, um some real good jump fries as well. The bit when she backs in looking for Sam Jackson and yes. she she finds like the arm goes round her and she's like, Oh, there you oh, are. Thank and God. The, hi, the arm falls forwards and it's not connected to anybody anymore and she's like, Ah And then this great rocker comes through the wall. Yeah, it's so good. So good. There's a yeah deleted uh, scene where you find out because uh, kind of a chunk of Laura Dern's uh, kind of adventures in the park got cut out. Mm-hmm. So you also you would have got to see what happened to Sam Jackson and how like because you see her limping and stuff because like when she's running away she's got messed up her leg and stuff. You don't see how that happens in the movie, but there's like uh, stuff that was uh, cut out of how she. Laura Dern got is so shit point. because when Bryce Dallas Howard had to run away in high heels, she fucking smashed that. Let's please not even talk about the <laughs> fucking travesties so of cinema that are um, Jurassic World. Right, Ryan, next film. Fire, uh, fire in your next one. My next one is. I've got so many. I think I'm going to go for <laughs> Robin Hood. 
and I'm the Disney Robin Hood. Both the Disney version I watched a lot, <laughs> but also the uh, the Kevin Costner version Russell I watched Cole. that a lot as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Alan Cummings no, no. and Robin Hood. No, yeah. Ro- Wait, yeah. which one's the Kevin Costner version? It's Kevin Costner. Men in Tights is the comedy one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Men in Tights is the comedy. It's the same guys who did um, Princess Bride. Ah, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was like Kevin Costner, um, Morgan Freeman, uh, Alan, Alan Rickman was the sheriff. What, a- yeah, what sheriff name did Nottingham. I say earlier? I said Alan Cummings. I always say Alan Cummings when I'm... Yeah, yeah, Alan Cummings, because we were Alan. talking about the X-Men movies. Yeah, that, true. That'll be it, sure. Um, Thank yeah, you that for was, uh, giving me that out. That was so good. I really enjoyed those films. I love the one... Loxley, I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. That, Why yeah. a spoon? Because it would hurt more. <laughs> yeah, so See, I don't good. think I've seen it's that like, Robin Hood, man. Oh, I really? Oh, that's like, one in my... Yeah. Even if you don't watch it, just go into YouTube and watch... All of the Alan Rickman scenes because he chews up every inch of scenery and it's so gorgeous. Yeah, Alan Rick- that was definitely so Alan Rickman's like rehab film. Like he was like, oh, I'm in rehab, I'll do a film, and he, he just does not give one single shit about how the film was made during that film. Um, also, uh, Kevin Costner went to the the Charlie Hunnam uh, voice acting school because uh, he has no idea what voice he wants. Uh, yeah, to yeah, do. still can tell you where Kevin Costner's from. From the same <laughs> weird island that Charlie Hunnam's from, but I also love the the Disney one as well, where they're all animals. I thought that was really cool. Um, Robin Hood's Maid Marian, the Disney one, was my other sexual awakening when I was a young boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> isn't she like a uh, she's a sexual sex, white she's fox? A sexy she's, lady fox. She's just a regular vixen. She's a silver fox. She's Philip Schofield. No, she's just regular vixen. Just sexy. Yeah. She's Is not even really L- sexy. She's just a lady fox, but I don't know what it, I don't know what it was when I was a kid. What but. about uh, Lola Bunny from Space Jam? Oh, that was a an Space Jam time is for another me. film that could be on this list. To be fair, I watched the last oh, film yeah, when I was Space a kid. Jam was gr- Guys, Space Jam is on my list. Oh, there we <laughs> oh go. my god! I fucking we're, man, we're good at this. Space Jam, I fucking loved as a kid. Like everything in that film, it was like a fucking. It was like a big ball of everyone's childhood that got forced into our faces by the time we were, what, like 10 or 11? Yeah. Like, it was already giving me nostalgia when I was that young because it was just ever you had michael jordan fucking best basketball player of his generation you had the looney tunes you had newman you had fucking bill murray you had everything in that film like can can we just talk about the fact danny devito again space jam space jam is a movie made through the wonder of hallucinogenics and drugs because who thought let's take the looney tunes Put them in a basketball movie with the uh, Chicago Bulls, and we'll have Bill Murray there as well. It's like, who the fuck thought that was an idea? And it worked so brilliantly. Like, and the thing the, is, like, it, watching that one back, the worst part of Space Jam now is Michael Jordan's performance. Like, God love him. He's yes, not an actor. He, <laughs> like, he did a good effort. Um, he's also he's not a golf uh, player. He's also and, not. Uh, Oh, he's also not a baseball player either. I feel, <laughs> but he tried. I feel like Space, so good for him. Space Jam was made at a time where any film that was going anywhere, they were like, is Bill Murray in it? And they're like, what? They're like, We're not making it if Bill Murray's not in it. Like, We need to get Bill Murray. Bill Murray has it's to like, be in it. I wonder if they went to Bill Murray or if Bill Murray came to them and said, look, I want to be in this. It feels very Bill Murray-esque to yeah, want to be in Space Jam. Um, and, I just and, like the idea that that the, uh, like a, an exec at Warner Brothers opened up a drawer, had a big bunch of scripts, and he just called his secretary in, and he went, "Okay, I'm going to flick three. You tell me to stop." And he just flicked. <laughs> and went, "Okay, we're making this one. It's called Space no, Jam." You, okay, you, you, you completely miss what happened. What Michael happened Jordan is- came in and said, "I want to be in a film," and then some exec went, "Oh yeah, Michael, I got one perfectly for you." Opened up the drawer, flicked through it at random, and went, "Uh." Space Jam. Mommy, How's that mommy I shrunk the kids three. Okay, well, we'll go for this one. <laughs> that is not what happened. What happened was they had three films. They're like, oh, we've got a Looney Tunes movie here, a film about a basketball guy's career, and we've also got a film about <laughs> Alien. Let's do them all. Put them all together. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just shove them all together and make something magic from it. As they ripped a huge line of fucking cocaine. Yeah. Um, Fun fact as well, Billy West, who provided the voice for Bugs Bunny, uh, the, the previous voice actor for Bugs Bunny had been doing Bugs Bunny for about 50 years, but he died, I think, the year before. 
So Billy West stepped in and took over as the voice of Bugs Bunny, and he's been doing it pretty much since then. Um, but because of the way the Oscars work, he just got fucking snubbed. Like, nobody gave a shit about Bugs Bunny because he was a voice actor. Uh, he didn't even get invited to the like to the actual premiere. He got sent to the fucking like cast and sound technicians one that's further down the street. And then when he got there, they were like, who are you? And he's like, Billy West. And they went, sorry, mate, you're not on the list. And he oh, went, I'm the fucking voice of Bugs Bunny. Like, let <laughs> me like, in. What more do I need to do for you people? Yeah, he's like the man. main character apart <clears throat> from Michael Jordan. Yeah, other than Michael Jordan. Um, and it is mad. Yeah, Bugs Bunny gives a better performance than Michael Jordan in that film. And they're re- they're remaking <laughs> it with LeBron James, right? It's no, it's not a remake. I think it's a sequel. Oh, yeah, they're doing a sequel for Bron- LeBron James. I mean, it's definitely more of an animated performance. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Space Jam, one hundred percent. I love that Audio Boy drops in like once an episode. For <laughs> that was so late as well. I had to like think back to what I was referring to. I was like, all right, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Um, yeah, man. I, I Space Jam 100% is one of those films. I loved it as a kid. I watched it over and again. I am quietly excited for Space Jam too. Um, I think I we should get rid, about- get rid of LeBron James though and have uh, Kevin Garnett instead because after Uncut Gems, that guy's got an acting career just waiting for him. Ready to it's go. true, he Ready does. Pop. Oh, we could get Kobe Bryant. Oh, wait, no. Mm. It's the way you tell so them. Film I had malice. <laughs> <laughs> another film I had malice uh, was... Uh, another film that would maybe also sit on like my top ten films of all time, and it's the Iron Giant. Oh, that um, is a good one. Vin Diesel's finest hour. It is Vin <laughs> Diesel's finest work. Uh, his second film of just saying one word uh, and no- nothing really. Superb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, like the Iron Giant. I watched it a whole bunch as a kid. Not only is it just like a great kind of throwback movie to like those kind of old like 50s kind yeah. of era like it's also a movie that weirdly touches upon explores and teaches kids about the concept of death and morality yeah it's fucking it as a kid i watched that film and i remember being real sad and then i watched it again as a kind of late teenager and went my god this is fucking brutal <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, this is not okay <laughs> like the, the scene in the woods with like the deer and it gets shot and like then iron giant's just like what's going on he's like this is what happens like things die and stuff and he's just like and he can't comprehend it and it's that's kind of like a same for a kid like if a pet dies or something something yeah it can't comprehend like why it's not there anymore and it's just like yes we're having fun with like this 80 foot robot running around jumping into the water and stuff but at the same time we're teaching kids about morality and death you are who you choose to be deaths you are who you choose to be also the like the animation is gorgeous animation animation was about i was about to say the animation nine giant is fucking phenomenal and that was at a time where that was a time where disney was just dominating that market that was like another studio came in and went you know what we need to bring out a film it's in rival to disney and we need to make it look fucking stunning and they achieved that like time over you know what i mean sevenfold it's it's so many so many scenes that look beautiful but like one of the ones that always stands out to me is near the end when he's gone but when he's become like what he's supposed to be and he's like this big world destroying monster and there's this kind of large wide shot and you see him off in the distance just like firing lasers and yeah, explosions yeah, yeah. going off and Another stuff one. and it's just this expansive big beautiful yeah. shot i was like oh this movie is amazing On also um, it ends left with of the potential of a sequel and never happened you know nothing never ever happened, happened. they went on to the brave little toaster films things not to call your kids hogarth Hogarth. Yeah, never called <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also, I don't know on, what on Vin Diesel's acting career, uh, obviously, the voice of the Iron Giant, you know he's been in 10% of the films that have grossed a billion dollars. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, Vin Diesel, of all people, has been in more movies than anyone else of films that have grossed a billion dollars, which is Because I guess, obviously, wild. all the Fast and Furious movies, <clears throat> and then he's been in Guardians, the Marvel movies. Guardians 1 and 2, yeah. Yeah. The and Guardians 1 and 2 did it? I think Guardians, yeah, Guardians 1 did. Triple also, X, Fast and Furious, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Avengers Endgame, and Riddick? Riddick made a billion? What? No, no way did Riddick make a billion. I think what happened is Vin Diesel told people it made a billion and then just didn't let anyone see how much it made. Which he didn't check, like they just believed him. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, he's charming enough, I guess, I guess it made a billion. Maybe 
No, Pitch Black definitely couldn't have made a I billion. Like Pitch Black. It, it can't be really. I think I've definitely. I think I've clicked a link and it's just listing Vin Diesel movies. I don't think this is a. I think you're right, man. There's no way that Riddick made a billion. <laughs> Riddick made ninety eight point three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. ridiculous. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, Iron Giant. It's it's just. It's, it's just dumb. wholesome. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And Jennifer Aniston shouting out the name Hogarth. I don't Hogarth. know what it is, but it just it just grips my heart and makes me want to tear. Ryan, up. give us another movie, buddy. Okay, my last. Are we doing? Are we doing three each? Does that work away? Um, how many have I done? What have I done? You done three? I did one, two. Yeah, we did three. Yeah. So it's the last one. Do one more. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, I really love when I was young, and this is something that I did not, under any circumstances, think has held up in the test of time. In fact, these are films that were made way before the remakes, and the remakes don't even stand the test of time. So, I watched these a lot as a kid. Find out what this is. How excited! Uh, What were they? The BBC film versions of The Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Not what I thought you were going with that. I love them so much. Like Narnia is my favorite big series ever. What was the BBC versions of those? So the BBC made. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, Witch, Wardrobe. They made uh, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and The Silver Chair. Um, I hadn't wow. seen the rest until I was a bit older, but I remember I watched the uh, Lion, Witch, You need to wait until you're old enough so you could take in the mature content. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost three hours long. Yeah. It's <laughs> But all the well. uh, all the animals in it that aren't played by humans are uh, cartoons. It's animated and That's it's live action. Pretty pretty cool. Oh, this right. was on the BBC. The BBC made it. All made by the BBC. In the when 80s, did this? Maybe seventies. It's pretty old. This so. can't look good. I can't imagine this looks good. Yeah, it, was it, it does not. I'm looking at, I've got some Google images. It does not look good whatsoever. Um, I said at the start, I was not under any circumstances that this stands up to test of time. No way. <laughs> it doesn't. But it's just something that I watched a lot when I was young, and it's got a really yeah, good nostalgia yeah, yeah. factor for me. I'm, I don't like and the And that's what this episode's about. But yeah, like... It, I mean, I, I just loved the way they were made. I loved the, the story, the adventure. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I, I read the books. I've never seen what you're you're discussing the BBC one, and I've seen the films. Obviously, what I always find amazing about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and and what I always find interesting about them as films is that <clears throat> they 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 touch some really heavy shit. They're basically talking about like God, Catholicism, and we're back to Jurassic Park. <laughs> playing God, but yeah, like they're, they're talking about Catholicism and and, and uh, heresy. Basically, they're all about religion. Was, yeah, that, <clears throat> yeah. I was meaning the big old pile of shit, but yeah, sure, God. <laughs> I thought you were meaning playing God, but um, no. yeah, it's it's they're, they're interesting movies for sure. Like, and I, I uh, I'm gonna have to give these BBC ones a watch because they look abysmal. The, the, Gary, they made the silver chair, and uh, what was it the guy called who played? Puddleglum, who's a marsh wiggle. Yeah, he was called. What's that you guy? Just, what the like, fuck did you just say? Like, fourth rewind again. The fourth doctor. What was it? Tom Baker. That's who he was. Tom Baker plays Puddleglum, the marsh wiggle, which is basically half man, half frog. And it's something to see. I want my ringtone to you just be saying Puddlewump, the Puddleglum, the, from Puddleglum like, the marsh wiggle. I want that to be my ringtone just over and over again. You just saying that. Uh, now, one. Uh, Gary, you're a you're a lying uh, piece of shit. You will never sit down for three hours and watch this BBC Narnia thing. So I want to, you but I agree, I won't. I hope. That, and <laughs> do you know what you should do? You should watch it before any of the films that Gavin has suggested that you watch, like actual good films. Just watch these instead. Just annoy Gavin. Yeah, yeah like in- instead of watching my film of the decade, you sit for three hours and watch a BBC <laughs> Narnia show. Uh, my question for you, Ryan, is obviously. Uh, these have the nostalgia hit for you and everything. The movies that then came out after that, like the the big budget ones with Liam Neeson and uh, James James McAvoy, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. When you were going into those movies, did you have some sort of like, like childlike excitement to watch them because of the BBC ones? Or yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course. And I, I like read them. all the books and stuff as well. But I I like the yeah. movies. I don't. I never understood why they missed a film though. Like, so they do. Like Lion Witch and Wardrobe, and then they do um, Prince Caspian. But there's actually a film between those films. There's a book between those 
films, essentially. The horse and the boy comes between them. It doesn't involve the Pevensey children, which is probably why. But yeah. yeah. So, but I really enjoyed the the remakes as well. But I understood they were like bums on seats, big action sequences and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool to watch that stuff imagined in a time where, you know, uh, CGI was a bit better. Um, also, uh, James McAvoy looks like a wee boy. Storytelling yeah. was a lot better as well. Um, so yeah, like I, I've got, I want to just, I've got two more films, right? And I'm going to do these very quick because I double barreled one earlier when I was talking about films that were kind of horrifying. I've got so one the left that, that we I can loved, run through as well. Yeah, would like we'll do them quick. But the other one that horror that is horrifying in places, and I don't know, I definitely watched this younger than I probably should have done. <clears throat> Edward Scissorhands. Oh yes. yeah, that is scary. Like I, I I love that film and I watched it a lot as a kid, but I am in no you know like no disillusionment about how how probably adult that is but i mean maybe it's not but i feel like that was marketed towards like children yeah i think tim burton got away with a lot of like like obviously his batman films as well they weren't really for children and beetlejuice i think was marketed for kids beetlejuice as well well, that's not for kids i think the way it works with like if a movie producer looks at Tim Burton's work, he's like, "Oh, this kind of looks like kooky and kind of yeah. silly and funny and stuff." Oh, he's got stop then, motion animation in it. It's for kids. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. But then they kind of don't look deep enough to see like the really dark themes yeah. and the messed up scenes of kind of psychological trauma and stuff. Edward Scissorhands asking his dad Vincent Price for hands, and then Vincent Price dying of a heart attack, and Edward. Oh my gosh! Like piercing through the wax hands as his dad dies in front of him and that's what broke him into like that childlike state holy shit is horrific i think i actually also, like, i don't like watching edward his hands as an adult because of how much i traumatized myself <laughs> watching it as a child like i've not watched it in such a long time because when i did i think i've seen it once and the one time i watched it was yeah. too much also like edward Scissorhands, like the commentary on like american suburban life in, during that time and the kind of the like, culture and of the whole the how dare you be different if you're not yeah, you fit the mold get out it's kind of like what the fuck happened to Tim Burton <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, these were the movies these were the stories that he was approaching these were the themes he was tackling and now it's like you look at Dumbo and it's just like fuck yeah the, the other film or, last, I mean to be fair he had to for pay me. for his divorce so that's why he did Dumbo <laughs> that's, that's true Helen Bonham Carter's worth a lot of money the uh, the other film, and this is not last but not least, um, is I in my opinion the the most overrated, underrated, sorry, uh, Disney film out there. Uh, Atlantis: The Lost Empire. Ah, oh, so yes. good, oh so so God. good, how yes. fucking good, right? Uh, Michael J. Fox voice casting. Um, that's the only person I can tell you off the top of my head. Milo. But yeah, man, that Milo. that film is just great. It's got a like a crazy cast of characters. All of the like the kooky, the mole guy, the French explosion guy. My little brother um, got in. Uh, he got Disney Plus for a year. He, that's what he did. He decided just to get it. And my family messaged me the other day. They're like, "Oh, are we watching Atlantis?" Also, the girl in that was probably my sexual awakening. Younger, like not the girl, <laughs> on the, yes. not the girl on the island that he chooses. The one who wears the dungarees and the cool hat who travels with them. She's oh way yeah, 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 yeah. She's awesome because now you dress like that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Bronx boxing one. Like, yeah, she's awesome. She's great. Yeah, that, no man, that, that film's fucking incredible. Yep. Another movie is kind of like Iron Giant in terms of like the animation is stunning oh, and holds up I, I well. I can't it's, believe Atlantis has been like so looked over for so long um yeah i don't know why it's like it's such a great adventure movie the story it tells between milo and when he gets to atlantis and them trying to like take its all of its powers and stuff and him him realizing that the, him realizing that the group he's with isn't necessarily a good team like they brought yeah. him along for their yeah. own nefarious game like i love that the movie like it sets you up like look at these fun great group of characters you're gonna have a blast with them and then as the movie goes on you're like oh these aren't good people they, obviously because they like it's a bomb expert and a fucking yeah. man who likes to dig <laughs> like clearly these aren't good people why do they think they were and then like you you kind of you're on that journey with milo and like yeah. and it looks milo's, like, like it was made exactly. by it looks like they're gonna make a live action they should make a live action and get made the toro to direct it i think he'd make that look good <laughs> Oh. Yeah, he would. Also, yes, I could one hundred percent. I could be Milo. I, I'm just a skinny wee boy with glasses. I can be Milo any day. So yeah, so that, that was my that was my full list. Um, and yeah, Atlantis. I fucking love that film. I I'm gonna rewatch that again soon on Disney Plus. But has anybody else got any other any films to run through quick? A few Disney ones that I just steered away from. Uh, one I really love was I have Swiss Family Robinson, where the family get. Uh, Oh, with Goober. Yeah, and they um, they build a treehouse on Bowl the island and guy. stuff. Oh yeah. wait, no, I'm thinking of no, I'm thinking of Meet the Robinsons. Meet Sorry, the Robinsons. I'm thinking of 
Yeah, yeah. So what's on the Robinson's is about a family who had a boat and he crashes in on an island. With the, and they live with on the monkey a... butler. Maybe. It wasn't. It was live action. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm I, thinking I, it's I just else, liked though. it. Liked it because their treehouse was so class. Uh, the yeah. Emperor's New Groove I watched a lot Lord of the Rings yes. uh, Emperor's New Groove is a great one really one, breaks the mould from Disney as well Emperor's New yeah, Groove yeah, like they, they, made a, they made a point of making that one as, as wacky and it, fourth wall breaking as possible best Playstation game ever it was so I good I mean I was know. going back to Atlantis for a second I played the shit out of the Atlantis PS2 I think it was PS1 or PS2 I can't remember PS1, but I played I the absolute shit out of that game but yeah also, I think it was PS1 like that. Fox and the Hound uh, Tarzan Yay. Phil Collins soundtrack great oh, heartbreak. Oh, give me that Phil Collins soundtrack any day my oh, favourite boy shaking his head my favourite Disney film which I think has one of the best songs in it ever was the film Oliver and Company yeah yeah that's Billy Joel isn't it yeah I think so <laughs> <laughs> it's so good you oh, can't beat the why, Joel why should I worry Shane <sighs> banger I'm yeah. checking that uh, the, the last couple that I had was a uh, uh, the only Disney one I had was uh, Toy Story. Yeah, I watched Toy Story a, a course, whole bunch of times. did. The first, first Toy Story was fucking great. Yeah, it was. <laughs> really and good. All the rest are a waste of time, but the first Toy Story, yeah. The first Toy I Story mean, really, really frustrated good. me as a kid because they were always so close to getting back and they always just did stupid stuff that made them not do it. <laughs> like, that got, like, I hate yeah, things like like when you see the, like a character try to find someone and they, they were just there, but they just left. I hate that. It drives me mad to this day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just be on time for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, the last couple of movies are just like movies I shouldn't have probably been watching as a kid, like Alien and Terminator and Hellraiser see, and uh, Hellraiser and stuff. Alien, 100%. Oh, yeah. I watched that young and I shouldn't have watched it. Um, the original but, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, all that kind of messed up shit I shouldn't have been watching. See, I think <laughs> I watched them into my teens, though. I think that was later on. I think. See, I, uh, I had a early situation. into my teens, but I don't think. When I was a kid, I don't think I'd seen any of that stuff. I would I would go to my granddad my granny granddad's house and they had a wall of like videotapes yeah and it's all like white men can't jump and gun and garden cop and terminator <laughs> and like all these movies I was like oh I'm not supposed to watch any of these but of course I would take the videos out stick them in the, in the yeah. TV and just and just sit there and be like oh this is terrifying I shouldn't be watching this but I'm gonna keep watching it because why the fuck not like watching Hellraiser man that was a fucking experience yeah I can't like, imagine I didn't, I didn't sleep for a long a time but it made me into the man I am today so thanks Hellraiser sorry Hellraiser <laughs> I don't know if you should be thanking it uh, I bet I spent a lot of time with Lord of the Rings and Star Wars as well but I just didn't mention that we've spoken those about those a lot recently. yeah we've done yeah. that yeah like Fellowship I watched the shit out of but we've talked about that a lot well, yeah, I think if, any, if everybody, everybody happy, anybody else got anything they want to I mean, add? I want to throw my hat in the ring Audio quick. Boy wants to jump in. Here's a matter of films presented without comment. These are Uncle Buck and Shaolin Soccer. Oh, wait, <laughs> shit. I'll say nothing else. I forgot. Uncle I forgot. Buck, fucking great. Another one, like, uh, Cool Runnings as well. Another John Candy Cool Runnings. Home Alone 3, I watched that a bunch on VHS. Home Alone 3 was good when you were young. That does not hold off the test of time, though. And Audio Boy, can I just say, Shaolin Soccer, fuck yes. Uncle Buck that film's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, I've never seen Shaolin Soccer. Our family are so watching for a street. We were so into Cool Runnings that uh, we started just saying, Peace be the journey. That's what they say when they're going down the slope to each other. Uh, my dad used to say it does when we left the house, and he now has it tattooed on his back. Ledge. Oh, cool. Peace <laughs> journey. I always ask go. my friends, are you dead, man? Yeah, man. Guess <laughs> my lucky egg. Gary, your, your story was a little less wholesome than Ryan's, but thank you for... I just, I just want to throw it in. Throw it into the ring. Right, guys, that's it from us. Thank you so much for listening. They were our favourite films that we grew up with. Um, if you want to send us in your favourite films, if we get enough of those, we might do an episode on them. Um, it's always good to hear our, our listeners' faves. Um, so, yeah, send them in. Gav, where will they send it? Uh, yeah, if you want to hit us up on social medias, uh, jump over to Twitter. That's at MeanderingPod. Facebook and Instagram, just set for Meandering Movie Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, that's MeanderingMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Give us comments. Give us topic suggestions. Let us know what movies you're watching and what movies you love to watch as a wee boy or wee girl. Uh, Gary currently is twitching because of this current situ- uh, situation we're in. So I'm if you jump over Twitch. to Twitch and search for Pixels Cafe, you can follow him there. And if you've got your Amazon Prime connected to Twitch, you can give him one free subscription. You don't have to pay anything, but he gets money from Amazon. Uh, and, yeah. If you reach, all oh, if you do subscribe, or you get to a three-month subscription, if you love me that much, you get a little coffee cup uh, that's themed after video game characters in the Twitch chat. It's fun. 
I think I have that. You should. You should have that, yeah. Yeah. Twitch.com. Uh, no, twitch.tv forward slash Pixels Cafe. Come say hi. And uh, all of us will be on our personal Instagrams and Facebooks and whatnot. So if you want to get them, they're all... Everything I've just talked about is in the description down below. So if you're on iTunes or on Spotify, just jump down there, hit those links, follow us and everything. See what we're up to during these crazy fun times. And yeah, just watch some movies and have a great time watching movies. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week with another exciting installment of the Meandering Movie Podcast. Peace out. Bye. Music is life. I thought you weren't going to say that. It's meandering movies listening to Gary, Ryan and Gavin. It's all about films, but goes off course. Will there be arguments? Of course, because everyone knows their lives are dull and they have nothing else to talk about.